Welcome to the Broken Learning Podcast, where we talk about unlearning beliefs that no longer serve us and much more. We are your host, Aisha, aka Shante, and Ejiro, aka Ejiro. Join us bi weekly for a new episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Rogue Unlearning. Also, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, hey, don't forget to leave us a five star rating. Wink, wink. Season 3, Episode 6 Getting a Job in Canada. Hello, everyone. Howdy, howdy, howdy. How y'all doing? <laughs> What's going on? What a guan. <laughs> How is everyone doing? I'm pretty sure they're good. Yeah. Well, no, let us know in the comments. So, Aisha, how about you now? Man, but they said clothes. I mean, the in the moving moving spirits. So ah, all that's the true. Packing and arranging. Ah, I know, I know house internet, so I'm using all scores <laughs> right now. So in case this recording go off, you will know why I shot it and not finished. <laughs> I know the empty and data I was like, my <laughs> like, cool data has finished. <laughs> don't worry, you have a lot. It will, it will get you, it will get you through. It better, it better, <laughs> because this girl, this girl is about to go go to Starbucks with her glasses, a oh. mask, looking like one of those Starbucks. Best. Starbucks people. <laughs> as long as you are buying something, they will leave you be. I'll buy, I'll buy coffee at Bego. It will be the blessing. I know support the establishment. Yeah, exactly. Free Wi-Fi. Exactly. You get it. You get it. You get it. But you're there, right? Yeah. How are you, though? Ah, uh, you know, I'm good. I'm feeling good. Yesterday, I spent, um, uh, so I'm supposed to be having a body read. For those who don't know, Kilo body read. Body read. Okay. I'll get into it. A body read is when you and a friend decide to read a book together and you guys break it down. Let's say week one, we'll read chapters one to 10 and talk about it. And then we'll read chapter 11 to 12, stuff like that. Um, so week one, we're supposed to read page one to page 92, which is the entire part one of this particular book. And yesterday, I had not read it all week, right? So yesterday, I decided to read it and I got to that page. And by the time I was on, I was like, yeah, I made my quota. And then I'm like, okay, so what do I want to do next? Let me, I had some work to do. I was like, okay, let me, let me work. And I'm like, but this story, like I just kept, my brain just refused to leave the story alone. So I sat down and I finished it. I'm yet to tell my, my friend that I have finished the book. I read the entire book yesterday. You know, you're yeah, one of those oversabi students. I remember when we were in school. We remember when those you, you guys remember when you were in um, high school or secondary school, where you know maybe sometimes the teacher. I was not in secondary teacher, school. I, I'm sure. Oh my, my teachers you did not like look me. like them. Like, no, my teachers did not like your me classmates. We even hate you more. No, because... I wasn't like that. I really was not because my brother. Okay, in secondary school, my brother was the, the way my when my secondary school started. The way they admitted students there is they would admit GSS1 and SS1. GSS1 and SS1. GSS1 and SS1. GSS1 and SS1. Till it was complete, right? So when my, when the school started, my brother was the first set of SS1 that we admitted in, right? So he was always a senior. So by the time I came in, my brother was like a senior prefect, right? 
And for whatever reason, and not to involve my brother, and I don't think my brother is a good two shoes, but he's just a, he was just a good student, right? So when I came in, they That's expected a good thing, no. it's like, a good thing. Fault. <laughs> yeah. So when I came in, teachers were like, "Oh, your brother is so good." Your and so me, once they started doing that comparison of why are you not as good as I just decided, okay, I'm going to show you guys the other spectrum of this. <laughs> You're thing. in a revolt. Oh yes. my gosh. And so there was I remember there was this teacher like, why you know your brother your, uh, your brother did this, your brother did this and I remember I looked at him dead in the eye. By this time, honestly by the time I got to SS two, I did not give a shit about any person. And then he's like, Why can your brother was such a good student and I looked this man dead in the eye and I said, Well I'm not my brother <laughs> Drops mic like I hate that comparison. The man, the man like, is like, do that a lot. What? You're talking to me like that. Very disrespectful. This was in the middle of an exam. This was not even regular class. We were writing an exam. I had written my name on my question paper, right, so that they would not think I switched question paper because some of the questions I had the answer immediately, so I was just making notes by the mm-hmm. questions. So I put my name in bold at the top <laughs> well, of the question paper. Enough, exactly, you know how you know? exactly you know how we used yeah. to study. So I had put my name in bold on the top of this question paper so that this man would not be mistaken and think that I switch papers. And so I started writing. And I have a way I write when I'm trying to write fast and I'm trying to, I'm not trying to make it look pretty, right? It's very different from if I, and it it's, it's based on the angle in which I hold the pen. But it's very different from, from how I would normally write. So this man comes, looks at my answer sheet, looks at the writing on the question paper, says I'm not the one who wrote it. I said, I'm the one. Let me show you how I wrote that. He's like, no, I switched paper, yada, yada. Your brother was never like this. Your brother was a very good student. And I looked at the man and I said, well, I'm not my brother. He's like, how dare you talk to me? Go and kneel down, kneel down in the front of the classroom, right? So I go there. I kneel down. And then he's like, in fact, you're not going to write this paper. Get out. Get out of the classroom. This way, I like to and he thinks power. that I'm going to beg, right? That's what he's expecting. Mm. Because, you know, it's a power, it's a power trip for them. Mm-hmm. So I get up and I leave the class. And I go join my friends who have finished their exam. We're under one tree. He shocked you. He shocked you. And then he sent someone, like, maybe 30 minutes before the exam is supposed to be over. He sent someone to go and get me. I said, why? He said, he said you should come back and finish your exam. I said, go back and tell him I'm not writing. This babe. You had mine, though. They don't bomb you away. I said, go back and tell him. Finally, the man sent another person. Finally, I went back to the class. He's like, Take your paper and write. I'm like, with 30 minutes to go, I'm not writing. He's like, what do you mean? I said, I'm not writing. At the end of the day, it's Wayek that counts, right? I don't need this. Uh, <laughs> and the man is just looking at me and I'm like, I'm not There's nothing. If you want to flog me, go ahead and flog me. But there's nothing you're going to do right now that will make me write. Because when I was in the groove of writing this paper, knowing what I know, that knowing that I had the answers to this question, you decided to trade tantrum. I'm not writing this paper. And then I walked away. Wow. Then by the time I got to SS3, <laughs> you could, when they, they say stubbornness, they don't, they don't know. They don't stubbornness know. can be a virtue sometimes because those teachers were trying me and I tried them back. I said, if you want to be mad, I can meet you at that level. And also, younger age, I used to be very petty. I used to be very, very petty. And once I just came to the realization that all those exams to write in school doesn't amount to YEG. Like at the end of the day, it's your white result that guarantees you admission. Yeah. And I know I had extra lessons going on at home. I was like, fuck you guys. You guys are not going to make me. Yeah. That was it. So whenever they just did, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just like, fuck you. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine you without your uniform and scared, just like, 
do whatever. I was stubborn. I was <laughs> stubborn. I was stubborn. I, as in, if you push me to the wall, yeah, you're not going to like what you get. Because those teachers, they thought that, you know, if I push, you know, she'll come back, she'll beg, please, sir, please, sir, let me write, please, oh, sir. I want to change, sir. I'll be good. Did you not notice that when we were in Bells, all those times that those lecturers would throw a tantrum and they expect us to beg? Did you Did you not notice that you never saw me beg? Ah, <laughs> it's true. You were just conveniently missing what's good there. They'll just leave the park me, like this. We'll go me, and beg you. Go and beg you. For you what? You're just conveniently For missing. For what? For what? For you to do your job? I'm like, don't teach now. Then go and explain to the council how the entire class failed. <laughs> oh gosh, Nigerian teachers and lecturers with power struggle, Sha. That's my that's my stubbornness story. All of that to say I finished this book because I just the characters were haunting my spirit. And that's what happens to me every time I finish a good book. I always end up dreaming about the book. So that also means I did not get a really good sleep. Because um, at some point I was in this book. <laughs> you know. Um yeah, which is why I try not to read late into the night because that happens. But then again, yeah, you can't help bookworms would understand when we say one, just one more chapter, and then I'll go to bed. <laughs> it's like saying three. one more episode, and then I'll I go know, to bed. I know. But yeah, so Aisha, mm. let us get into the on your spirit. Oh, yeah, ah, hmm. segment. You people, What's there's the one song, Joe Boy Back. Al- sorry, Alcohol by Joe. I seen a Joe Boy Back. It's called Alcohol by Joe Boy. Like, listen to it. I love the song. It's pretty good. It's something like, um, that's why I sip my alcohol. I don't want to think bad things no more. No, 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 I was just about to say it's better you saying we don't have money for copyright issues. It's that song. If you cannot go and find it, it's alcohol by it's Joe Boy. We don't have money Joe for copyright. Boy. So go and find it. If it's I played it in now, the flag us voila. That was a day. Go and find ah, it and go and play it. I shall have given you intro of what it sounds it's like. A, but it's a it's a really nice song. It, the song yeah, talks about nice. somebody who, you know, maybe they've got, come out from a challenge and now they just sit down and sip the alcohol. They don't want to go back to where they're coming from. They don't want to think about bad things anymore. They're just looking at, you know, looking on to brighter and good things in life. But you know our Niger people, my country land people, <laughs> Everybody now, so I feel like they reinterpreted the song to mean that okay, maybe they themselves are in a bad situation, and so they don't want to think about bad things anymore right now. So maybe the solution to that is to maybe end their life soon. So you see TikTok videos like this one has gone viral. So people will be playing this song on TikTok. And then they would be drinking Detol or they'll be drinking Hypo. Hypo, if people don't know, it's it's a bleach, a very popular bleach brand in it's Nigeria. It's like drinking Clorox. It, exactly, like drinking Clorox. You see people drinking maybe palm oil and gari, like doing all sorts of nasty ass things, like drinking stuff, pouring those those things directly on their body, like those chemicals. And somebody literally almost died. Like she literally said, I to vomit. Like the aftermath of drinking detour. I was just like, oh, human beings, why? Why are we interpreting? Why are we not interpreting this? Use alcohol. The guy is talking. Use beer now. At least beer you can drink is okay. Put on your body. But you are using bleach and detour, like disinfectants. They, you are ingesting it. Like, do you not like yourself? Like, are you really trying to kill yourself? And then some of these videos, eh, after this person would have done this hideous thing to themselves, do not say, Joe boy, Joe boy, Koda. Is it Joe boy that says that's what they should go and do? Like, in this song, okay, this is my take on this. In this song, because, uh, I listened to it this morning. I've never heard about this guy before, this song before, but I listened to it this morning. 
he doesn't even say anything like go and do this or go and do that or this is what I've done. All he said is I am sitting down sipping alcohol because I don't want to go back to where I have been in the past. He did not say he's sitting down pouring bottles of alcohol on his face. On he did his not body. say mm-hmm. I'm sitting down drinking Clorox or drinking bleach. He did not say anything like that. So first of all, why his name is being called, I don't understand. Secondly, there yeah, is no I said way. the guy had to put it on Twitter. Is that to beg people that please let's enjoy the music? Stop drinking poisonous and pouring poisonous yeah. things on yourself. Also, there is no way you can interpret those lyrics to mean even if you are in a bad place in your life, right? Okay. So except you're in a bad place in your life and you are actually That's trying to commit suicide. suicide at that moment, which People who do don't tend to record themselves doing it. And do TikTok, yeah. I true. think this thing is for cloud. Someone saw someone do it and like, the ah, trend let just me do it, let me jump on this thing. Maybe I'll go viral and I'll become famous because everybody wants to go viral. So for me, I think it's what is happening is stupidity. What is happening now is like when uh, American kids were eating uh, pod, Tide pods, you know, the laundry pod thing. Mm. When they were eating that, like, was it in 2019? It's stupidity and clout, clout chasing. These people want to do it. They want to, they think that it will not affect their internal organs. They think that they might not die from it. They just want to do it. Oh, let me jump on this trend. Let me do it. May I have mine? I can I'm do it. I can go, go viral. For, for Until you wake up in the media. ICU fighting for your life. So for those of you. Foam coming out of our yeah, mind. So like for those of you in... that are doing it, if you feel like you don't have sense, you don't, you don't want this life anymore or you think that you know you are just being stupid i don't have any words for you because stupidity is because that's actually i feel like that in a way is even taking away from people who are genuinely yes, going through who are genuinely stuff or who are depressed who are and who have been suicidal thoughts yes, yeah exactly it, it, take that away just, from that and it's exactly they'll be so like oh you said don't drink for for tiktok meanwhile you actually have things, issues part of this is because of things like this why when some people, especially you know how sometimes we can be, especially as Nigerians, you see someone is feeling very depressed or having suicidal thoughts and then you make light of it because you have seen all this nonsense, not realizing that it's completely different. Those people are doing it for clout, but this is someone in real need, someone who needs help. Yeah, so... And that, that's that was all on my away. spirit, Shao. Mm-hmm. What's on your spirit? Ah, uh, On my spirit today, I have Facebook. Is it the when they were it's the the blackout? Ah, okay. It's the but more 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 importantly is the whistleblower um story. So for those who don't know, um Facebook whistleblower, her name is I believe uh, I don't want to call her Karina because her name might not be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Her name might not be Karen. Is it Frances Hogan? It is Frances Anyways, it's Frances something. Or Francis or something. Francis, Francis Hogan. Anyways. Um, so she basically talked about how Facebook, you know, kind of Facebook is misleading the public. Um, she talks about um her specialty and she has worked in like Silicon Valley, like big companies. She had previously worked at Google. She had worked with like big companies, right? So, and I know that she she had mentioned that her 
specialty is something to do with the algorithms, how it works. I, I think how it's um, how people are responding to it. Something along those lines. Anyway, so long story short is she said they had an extensive research. She gave them her findings that you know um, these um, basically like uh, negative information or bad information people put uh, put on this platform. Um, how it she basically says that those those push a lot that they can basically change it or curb those messages so that um it's just the good ones or better image stuff that is circulating right and basically facebook is like uh but our bottom line do you know and so, so basically they hired her to tick a box not to implement yes, any of and, our recommendations has one of the biggest research teams in like all these uh companies right and they know the numbers they know that for example um teenagers right are having body issues body positivity issues because of like using all these filters on instagram they know that um a lot of a lot of those same demographics get uh pushed dieting messages and all of that and how it's affecting this they have the data they have done the research but facebook says bottom line first apparently Mark Zuckerberg, in the way he ends a lot of his meetings, is company before country. Whatever that means. Company before country. Yes, company before Whoa. country. That is their, that is their, the way he ends meetings. So basically for them, it's like, so they, they discover that, you see those like, uh, what do I want to call it? Like propaganda message, you know, let's say someone posts on Facebook and says, oh, the vaccine isn't real. They're putting microchips in people's body, right? Facebook will push the way the algorithm is structured right now is they will push those messages. And because those ones get more clicks, more clicks means more money, right? But if they, let's say they ban those kind of messages on their platform, it means less people are clicking on things. It means less they're losing money. money. And what she was saying is that, yes, you might lose money in the, in the short term, right? But in the long run, when people are, more people are like, oh, this platform, you know, it's nice. People are saying all these positive things. More people would gravitate towards that platform. But like, again, for them, um, their bottom line, bottom line comes Company first. And these country. are, these are, how much is Facebook worth? Billions, if not a trillion yet, but billions of money. And so basically she is like, she has done this research. She's, she sees how harmful it is and she cannot just, you know, go about her business, maybe look for another company and go work there instead and just be quiet about it. When That's this is an ethical that, data scientist right there. Yes, and because this is something that is it's affecting the, the world. You can't even say it's just affecting the country or the city. It's affecting the world, right? This is a global thing that people use. And so she decided to speak out about it. But guess what? Her, let's say her interview was released on a Monday. On Tuesday, Facebook goes down. Facebook, of course, Facebook is a parent company, so Instagram and WhatsApp go down as well. And that begs the question. And in this situation, me, personally, I'm leaning towards conspiracy theory because I'm like, why is the whistleblower interview coming out on a Monday and then on a Tuesday, Facebook is completely down. Employees cannot even get in. And it's down in the sense, some people are saying, oh, maybe it was a uh, breach, maybe it was a hack, maybe. But for me, I'm like, it was so bad that you couldn't even find their routing. Like, you couldn't find the DNS route. Like, it was down. You couldn't ping Facebook. Like, it was down. Their servers were down. And for me, I'm thinking that 
they did that to be able to change some things so that maybe because this is going to court i listen to also hide evidence you yes know? because this this thing is going to court because they had brought i believe it was the supreme court um i might be wrong but i listened to part of the recording from this uh francis or francis being in the court talking about this thing right so definitely they are going to call facebook to come and answer and i i think because facebook has become such a political company Right. Remember, Facebook was also involved in the Russian hack thing with the, the Trump election and all of that. I think even they are using it to either hide evidence or to show that a we own three of the world's largest social media platforms and we, we, can, control, we control the world like, media the because the media now is social media monopoly that they have. So it's either they use it to hide stuff or to change stuff. So that they can pay and Or to say, you can't do us nothing because we can bring you down. Exactly. Or to say, hey, we hold this much power. So either way, it's fuck so Facebook every day. Us. Fuck Mark every day. And wow. that's why he continuously ages like an avocado. And <laughs> honestly, the only reason I still have a Facebook account is, and of course, Instagram is still there. I use my Instagram every day. But the only reason I still have a Facebook account is that Facebook Marketplace is actually like a gold mine. Yeah, it's it's, really it's the place to be, really. But every other thing on that Facebook itself is just oh, so annoying. But yeah, that's um, that's what has been on my spirit. Like I was just thinking about it all week. Like damn, because I remember, like, honestly, even, like huh? think about it. When WhatsApp went down, there are a lot of us that have families. There are lots that's of us living in different them, countries, yeah. have families in different countries. We use we primarily use WhatsApp. But the thing is, there out. are other options. Of course, there are other options. They're not just Google as popular, do. like Signal. So, not which Google? I'm not talking about any of these other companies. Signal. Oh, Signal. Yeah, I have Signal as well. Open source tool. Yeah, There's another one yeah. as well. I can't remember. Most people don't really use it. It's not like we don't know their options, Aisha. It's the convenience of it. And so also, we have used to... WhatsApp for such a long time. It's like you using... It's like you having used a Windows machine for the past 20, 30 years of your life. And then suddenly someone is like, uh, Windows doesn't work anymore. Now you have to use Linux. And you're like, the fuck? You know, that's what it feels like sometimes. So it's not like people don't know there are other options. There have always been other options. It's just the most, um, it's the most common one. It's the most, it's the one people just gravitate towards. Because some of the other ones you can, Sometimes only just make calls on them. Sometimes you can only just text on them. And then you have WhatsApp where you can kind of do everything and even have like group calls on it. So yeah, that's it. But again, I think it also brings into the question of the monopoly of it all, right? I feel like at this point, there have to be rules, maybe to break down these three companies into three individual companies yeah, by three be different that boards, big, right? so that they are not all tied to each other. Get what I mean? Yeah, like, is that what they give with them? Alphabet. Yeah, so there's Alphabet, then there's Google, and then from there you have like whatever subsidiaries they have, right? As it should be, so that... If something, if for example, WhatsApp goes down, it doesn't affect Instagram and it doesn't affect Facebook. Or if Facebook goes down, it doesn't affect Instagram and it doesn't affect WhatsApp. I think that has to, this has shown us that, that we might need to think of putting some regulations, well, the government, not me, 
as individuals, mm-hmm. putting some regulations in place. The government needs to catch up, like because government doesn't really they catch are up with technology. And you know what is going to happen by the time they finally wake up, it will be far too gone for them to control. They will have no say so whatsoever. Silicon Valley will become like a because it's all about the money itself. and bottom line for yeah, these companies, yeah, right? They don't care about, about... yeah, yeah. Because go watch Social Dilemma, right? Use okay. This is my other thing. The other thing before we move on from this on the spirit. So I feel like yes, Facebook should be held accountable. Like in the case of this whistleblower, Facebook should be held accountable. But also, I feel like they should start holding the engineers, the developers that are involved actively all those directors oh i was the head of engineer mm-hmm. i was the one sitting in all these meetings those board members yeah. that sat in those meetings they should start holding them accountable and here's why here's why i think it should be done these people know what they are doing is wrong at the time they are doing it a lot of them are aware for example if you watch social dilemma you see them say yes i was the engineer there we brought a psychologist in to break down this to break down this we knew what the implications were but we decided to go around you are sitting in front of camera crossing your leg saying you when you knew what you were doing when you were doing it so because nothing happened to you you can sit in front of camera and cross your leg and say oh yes you knew that it was not the right moral decision to take you knew how it could affect the mind basically you people hired you people implemented and used psychology um stuff to create this algorithm, knowing that it would mess with people's mind, it would make people addicted, it would pull people in. You did that on purpose because you wanted more eyes on your platform. More eyes means more money. You did that knowing all of this thing, knowing the bad side effects of this thing. You did it. And then when it became too much for you, when your conscience couldn't take it anymore, you left the company. And now to ease your guilt, you're coming on documentaries to talk about it but still no repercussion on you because of course the company can take the fall and the company can take the fall and should take the fall but those people too should be held accountable yeah like people need to be ethical like the technology you are building yeah some people might argue that oh you know um it's just a job you know i need the money i need all of that with your skill set if you're that good to be there with your skill set you can work in on that company where you're anywhere anywhere and you get paid more yes do you know what it is to have facebook on your cv Hmm. in tech that's not an excuse, though. It's not an excuse. It is not an excuse. And that's why I like that the whistleblower came out. I, I hope more whistleblowers for, from these giant companies come out because it's these whistleblowers that would help make these companies accountable. These people, they don't care. But yeah, that's that's my that's what's on my spirit. See, I'm already getting heated up again. I beg, maybe we'll continue our episode before... Yes, yeah, so, hey, people, before we forget that the episode blood is on uh, getting a job in Canada, we want to we want to reintroduce ourselves, right? And we think we're very good candidates for this topic, and I'll tell you why. Between myself and Adriel, we both work in, ter- in tech, right? Specifically, we have interviewed in a lot of big, tech and consultancy companies like amazon google accenture cisco morgan stanley just to name a few you know the popular ones that you all know so we feel like you know like if which it has got to that point where we need to give people some good advice because i personally have had the opportunity to sit on a couple of interviews where i'm just at the background watching some interviews and i'm like whoa 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 what are you people doing so you know it's time to help your people let me help you to help yourself you get i'll be help me to help you let us do this topic and let us just throw some like best practices and some like tips and tricks navigating this whole getting a job in 
in Canada. So while, you know, a lot of it draws from our tech experience, I think a lot of the tips that we'll share today is relevant for people also in other fields. Like, you know, it can be applied in other industries or other fields that isn't necessarily tech related. So with that, let's begin. What do you think, girl? Well, yes, let's get started. So what is our experience in this field, you may ask? I would say we have, I have been here, I have been in Canada for, uh, sorry, I have to do the math. I've been in Canada here for six years. Aisha has been here for three, two, two, two and a half. Just two. Wow, Aisha, I aspire and to and be I'm, like you. And I've changed up twice. <laughs> I aspire to be like you. You know what, guys, you know why I'm screaming? It's because sometimes I feel like Aisha has been here for as long as I've been here because the amount of things she has achieved in this time, she, get to a friend like Aisha. Get to a friend oh, that when girl. you see the way they are grinding, you will be inspired to get your ass off your chair and do something productive oh, for yourself as well. You, because, my God, Aisha, it's just been two and a half years. Ah, we yes. need to trade party. We need to celebrate. Yeah, I've achieved so much. Anyways, really? We'll talk about okay. that that offline because this December, ah, ah, party after December, after. party dirty, after dirty. party. We have to do something. <laughs> Anyways, we'll take we'll take that offline. Take that, take that offline. But yeah, so Aisha and I, um, Aisha has had multiple interviews the same way I've had in Canada. We've interviewed with companies like, you know, the big ones like Amazon, Google, um, Potential, Cisco, Morgan Stanley. Those kind of big companies, you know, Deloitte. We have interviewed with big companies as well. Uh, and so we we will be able to share some of the experiences, some of the things that we've come across since job hunting, getting a job, moving to another job, what we've experienced, and things to look out for moving forward. Now, I think we have the next thing we have to discuss is your why. And your what? If you remember from our very first episode when mm. we talked about moving to Canada, if you're not you listening now, if you're if you're loyal, if you're you know mm-hmm. those ones, the loyal ones, you people know what what I'm talking about. In episode one of season one, we talked about knowing your why. Why, for example, in that episode, we talked about knowing why do you want to relocate? What's the purpose? Like, why do you want to? What is your why? What is it you are trying to achieve? What so, drives you? What, what inspires you? What motivates exactly. you? So in the same case here, you need to know your why. Why are you looking for a job in this company? What are you hoping to get from this company? What motivates you? Why, you know, your what and your why. You need to, you need to know what that is. And what type of job really, do you want? Your why doesn't even really have to be anything grandiose. Your why no, honestly can just be, I want to make money. I want to make money. 50k. Yes, it could be. Yes. Do you get? Yes. Your why could, could be, I just want I, to be able to afford need, my bills. I don't need 50k. I just want the minimum to afford my bill. Yeah. Your why could be, ah, I want to be, I want to hammer. Do you it, get? Yes, your why also is be, your why. There's no right figures. or wrong. It could be whatever, your why is whatever you make it out to be. It drives you because your why isn't just about the money, but sometimes your why is because I want to make so much money because I want to um, support my family back home, because I want to be able to help this charity, because I want to be able to pursue this other dream. So that's why your why is very, very important because when the chips are down, your why is what keeps you going. Your why is is what is going to keep you motivated. So... Where do we start, Aisha? Um, 
I think you want to start with you want to start with like when you discovered your why, mm-hmm. right? And you decide what exactly you want, right? It's time to package or repackage yourself based on what exactly you're looking for. So if you decide that maybe you want to switch careers, you're a banker in Nigeria and now you want to be in tech or you're doing something, you know, social media in Nigeria and now you want to change to, I don't know, being an on-air personality, whatever rocks your boat, you now need to say, okay, now that I know my words, how am I going to package myself in such a way that the if I'm applying for these jobs or I'm reaching out to people, once they see my profile, once they see my CV, once they see... My, once they just see me or hear me talk, they know that I'm the best person for this job. Like, if they don't have you, they are making a mistake that they will. They, you should, they have, sometimes you go on job interviews, you're applying for a role, and the person just interacts with you, you go through the interview, and they're like, you know what? This, you should be applying for this other role that maybe is more senior or even more mm-hmm. better. Like, you get, you just, things will just start falling in place. But I know, I know people like to say, oh, maybe packaging is not a really great thing, but packaging is important. No packaging, not packaging just on the outside and there's nothing on the inside though. Packaging no, with substance. Yes. You need to be able to back it packaging up. Like, with you have to have substance. Wow, is that is a, that is a word. You probably should pen and paper, write that. Package yourself with, with substance. substance. Right? Like, because some people are really good. Like, they are very smart, talented. Like, they know what to, they're supposed to do. Or they know what, they know their shit. They know their stuff. But their packaging is not right. So people, they get overlooked, right? Like, what are some of the packages that you are, that people look at when they don't speak to you? They look at your CV. They look at your online profile, your LinkedIn profile. They... See, especially in this part of the world, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. In this part of the world, LinkedIn, eh? It's clutch. Make sure that your LinkedIn profile is pristine. Don't just say, oh, LinkedIn, another social media. I'm tired. No, I don't want to do that. no, ah, that's what ah, I was doing. Ah, no, clean okay. it up. Because that is the first place recruiters will look. Then if you link it, like maybe your Twitter to your LinkedIn, they are going there next. What Even if you don't link thing? it though, babe, if you're in tech, actually like you're like... But that's if they uh, can find you, Sha developers some people just have their name last like me now uh, you find me easily <laughs> no, okay me you will not find me because i don't have my last name there so if you search um, I might, you'll see a lot of my first name i don't think you'll find me but if you find no, me there's google, nothing google, there, google, you know you know what actually now that you're saying this you people should take the time out to go on google type your phone oh name, yeah I do and see what comes up my if you see something up. that you know you don't want a recruiter to see maybe clean when you were doing some you know presence. some twerking and some get it is just mm-hmm. start to delete them and remove yeah. them because sometimes you will not know and sometimes it's like something from like seven ten years ago will come and haunt you in your in your present <laughs> that's true. i've seen and honestly uh-uh. it shouldn't but it does it does. I, I, look at all these um, comedians really for not, Kevin Hart, for does. example. They said something transphobic some 10 years when they didn't really know anything and then all of a sudden it's affecting their career opportunities in the present. Like, Kevin Hart, for example, did not get the Golden Globe um, hosting that he was supposed to get. Like, I'm just seeing so, as an example. Kevin Hart said, there was this one on Twitter a couple of years ago. This girl, she had interviewed with um, NASA, right? I think it was an analyst position or something or entry-level position. And then... She went online saying all these things about, oh, NASA this, NASA that. I went there for an interview, this, this, that. Ah, I'm going to be there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. NASA saw it though. And then they, they responded. Like, wow, yes, you did come for an interview, but uh, we did not give you a job. Anyways, long story uh, short, that was the end of it. My sister, that brings me to my next point. How, like, do you think 
I personally don't like it when people, you never get the job, you're just in the interview. I get that you want to maybe educate people on the process, but sometimes you shoot yourself in the feet if you go and announce or toot your own before you too actually soon, get the offer or before wait, you start the wait, job. Like, calm wait. down. Give the tips wait, after let the fact. Your, let your you don't need paycheck. all the likes and, and retweets. Let your just calm down. Two, three paychecks have entered before you go and make any grand, grand statement. Well, at least just start the job, right? Right? Like your first week in the job or first day of the Sister, job. Like, wait for your first page. I get that one. Don't even do first week. Wait for your first page. And yeah, I let you know, you know that yes, so money don't enter account. Then you can mm. now start saying whatever advice or thing you want to say. People because just it has messed some people up, man. Because again, sometimes you we talk a lot and we want a lot of likes and want to. Some people want to help. You know, maybe it's not about the likes. But sometimes you say protected information that you're not even supposed to say out about the interview process. Maybe that company keeps it under, like, you know, under the wraps because, I don't know, for whatever reason, right? And they don't... At least just wait. Just calm down. Wait. Go to that first week of training where there is, you know, you go through, like, <laughs> yeah. the rules and regulations of the company. Finish your the Social media first. policy. Finish your... Thank you. Finish your orientation before you start and know what is acceptable, what is not acceptable, what you can talk about, what you can't talk about, man. Because, because there are some companies that will tell you, hey, you can't talk about this company on your social media when it's not approved. You can't just go there and, or if you're saying something, make sure you put a disclaimer that this is not, especially if people know you work in this company and you're saying something in tech regarding whatever. Some companies will require you to put a disclaimer that you're not speaking on behalf of the yeah, company. Yeah, that all opinions are yours. Are yeah. yours. And not, yeah. especially if you're one of those people that, you know, you have your company, your, in your bio and all of your that. Your bio, yeah. You have to, there are some companies that will require you, so you'll find that out during like your orientation. Hey, um, whenever you're talking about this kind of things online, you have to put a disclaimer that you're not speaking on behalf of the company. So those are things you need to know so that you don't go and start saying things and then you did not know the company has this policy and now you're already in violation. Your first paycheck has not even cleared. And before you know, you find your ass out on the streets who will be to blame you because you talk too much that's what <laughs> so yeah. yeah um so when and, and i'll tell you i'll tell you for free that people who actually do your interviews right they actually go and check your social media like at least they check they your do. linkedin before the interview yes, because they, do. they want to maybe why... be able to tailor if... the experience to your yes, experience exactly. work experience which is why right? if you know who is going to be interviewing you you should do the same because sure. in as much as you are going for an interview and they are interviewing you, you should also be interviewing the company. Is this the kind of place you want to work? Don't always be too desperate. And I'm saying this from experience. Don't don't always be too desperate for, oh my God, this company of my dreams. Oh, they gave me this. Ah, I just want to jump on it. Don't know. Calm down. Calm down, man. Relax a little bit. And I'm, I know you people might be like, yeah, it's easy for you it's guys easy to for, say. Yeah. You've never been yeah. desperate before. Oh, we have. Know? You know, like I have. People don't want to know. I have. Thank God we don't look like what we've been through. What we've been through. I have. You know, I have. And yes, it might be like we're talking from a place of privilege now because we're in like employment. Yes, we are privileged now. But we have also gone through. We made mistakes, basically. We want to talk about big. Let's not start there. We want to talk about mistakes. A lot, a lot. So it's from our own experience that we're giving you this advice. We're telling you, do it this way. Um, we're not saying our advice is like 
one set or in stone. it's not set in stone, you know, you tailor it to whatever your own experience is. Um, so when you're searching, you know, um, use like job boards, indeed.ca. It's a huge one here in Canada. LinkedIn, you know, you could see someone, if, even if you're on Twitter, you see someone that is in tech, maybe the person is in the same country as you, you can reach out to the person, send a DM. Oh, this is my thing about um, when you do, uh, when you cold, uh, cold email or cold message. Whenever you hmm. cold message, someone, be intentional, man. Be intentional. Be specific. Be specific. Don't waste your time. And don't just say something like you want to cold message someone and your your first message is hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> the fuck? Well, what is that? Like that's not hard. When you want to cold message someone, go like, "Hello, my name is this. I am so 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 and so. I saw your profile that you do A B C D. Me, I'm also interested in A B C D." And I, I see and that. what do you, you know, want? Yeah. And this, and then, then you can go forward to say, I would appreciate it because I'm interested in this. I read your, whatever, maybe your paper, your this, or I saw your profile, your comment on this, this, this. I was wondering if you would have like five minutes to spare for a quick chat about ABC. Or wow. I saw that um, your status on LinkedIn says you're hiring. And I have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H experience. And I have this. And I was wondering if we could have a quick chat to see so that I can if get I'm more a... information Thank on you. the role. And hey, if are you if taking notes? For this role. That is how you, are you call taking notes? You don't call message, hi, how are you? I saw your kidney. Or you say hi and you're waiting for the person to say hi back before you, you send your message. If you look, I've had people who called message me and I just saw a hi and I never responded. Because that is not like, how you do it. In, fact someone, in fact, someone called message me. This is someone I I know. You know, we're friends for a bit. Now we are not as close as we used to be. But this person just out of the blue, out of the blue, uh, hey, uh, you know, I'm reaching out to my LinkedIn people. Can you give me a recommendation on this, 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 this? I haven't spoken to you in at least one year. I should give you a recommendation on LinkedIn on ABCDEFG. I know answer. Because especially not when, especially when they haven't worked with you before. Exactly. Like you can't just be giving like the recommendation. Like you're giving uh, Facebook likes and or Instagram if, likes. Even if you're reaching out to me because we we know each other, then come correct as well. Don't use the fact that we know each other to just cold message me to give you a recommendation. Send me a message. Hey, Drew, how are you doing? Long time. I was wondering, I'm looking for recommendations because I'm trying to do A, B, C, D, E, F. I was wondering if we could have a quick chat. I know we haven't worked together, but, you know, I know you know my background and I know yours. I was wondering if we could have a quick chat about, like, the kind of recommendation you can give me, you can provide for me, based on the fact that we haven't worked together, but maybe we went to school together or something, something along those lines. But no, you're just sending me a message that should go because, because what? I don't owe you nothing. Hmm. So when you cold message someone, come correct. Like Aisha said, substance. What's that thing you said? Package with substance. Substance. Package and with substance. That applies here as well. And when you are packaging, I like. I want to say something. So think about yourself wearing the same shirt and tie, or you know, skirts or dress, whatever works your boat, as ten thousand other people. 
what makes you different? What makes you any different? What makes you stand out? Like, what? Why should I? Why should I even take a second look at you when there are ten thousand other people that look just like you? Find that thing about yourself that differentiates you from everyone else. That extra thing that you bring to the table, and put that forward. Like, for example, you say job opening on engineer or systems engineers or solutions architects, and you're like, eh, I have this, this, I have that, that. No, 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 no. Be specific to say, okay. This is what I've done in the past in my work experience. This is the technology I've worked with. These are the exams. I'm, you know, I'm passionate about learning, you know, because the rate of uh, change of, the pace of change of technology changes every day. So I'm passionate about learning. This is the, maybe this is the podcast I listen to. These are the exams I've written. You know, just come correct. Like make sure like you know that everybody else, because guess what? This effort you are putting, level of effort you are putting, everybody else doesn't really put this level of effort. Also, another thing too to note is, I have seen situations where someone has all of the right technical qualifications. Another thing some people look shit. out here. No, not even that. But another thing I've, I've noticed people look out for here is also personality. Not saying you should not know your stuff, but how personable are you? Oh, soft skills, yeah. What are your yeah. soft it's imp- skills? It's just as important. It's, it's not more important. than your technical skills. Because you yeah. know what? I, uh, there was a poll that someone did on LinkedIn, like a director did on LinkedIn about this thing. And the result of the poll was basically like, who would you hire? Would you hire someone who is like very personable, but doesn't, has not had the experience to learn all of these technical skills or someone who is super, super, super technical. So the first answer was depending on what you're looking for at the moment. Like if you're in a pinch, you might need the technical person, but say you're not in a pinch and you're just hiring to expand your team. Technical skills can always be taught. Yeah, but even a decent human but being. But you see like, that you work being with decent, others? can you work with people? Are you personable? Are you a team player or would you match people to get to the top Ooh. regardless of who gets hurt? Because you know? trust me, what you don't want on your team, the kind of person you never want to work with is someone who doesn't know how to be a team player. People who prefer to work in isolation or no, or someone who will be looking down their nose at you every day like, Oh, that's how you like, oh, yeah. you don't know anything. Like, nobody in the team will want to work with you. And guess what? Yeah. If, if the, most times they would let you go, even if you have all the technical skills in the world. Guess why? Because nobody wants to work with you. So you have to also have to make sure that, and me saying being personable doesn't mean being a pushover. Those are two different things. Be a team player. That's great. As, as you, uh, a team player, also be the kind of person that does not need, you know, constant supervision because most managers are not micromanagers that will be on top of you every step of the way. You have to be able to think outside the box like Aisha said. You, know? you have to be able to offer solutions to problems and things like that. Then the other part of when you're searching for these jobs, when you have used things like Indeed, LinkedIn, you know, social media, you have packaged yourself properly, you have come correct. The other part of this too is like network within your friends group within your student group within your whatever network however you're going to do that network so that you can start reaching out to people for referrals oh this person i know works in this company hey this is my experience could you refer me for this role within your company so i'm I'm going to say a personal story Mm -hmm. i have never ever in my all of my career as being in Aisha you know my OG six years it's not that it's not like being an OG let me it's, tell it's, you it's, it's, wait Aisha from in I'm all of my from career the outside in. I am telling you oh, Aisha me, is the OG let me tell you I, 
Wait, let me stop my story wait, before no, you talk. Wait, oh, wait, this wait, guy, you don't gas me wait, up. Wait, you, oh. I know I need to gas you up because you will not gas oh, up. God. You will not gas yourself up. So hold on a second. <laughs> Let me tell you guys something that I have also learned from Aisha. Because my personality, I'm very introverted. I tend to stay away from like that time when I'll see Aisha going for all these conferences. I'm like, ugh, conference again. Oh my god, me, I'm just chilling out, doing absolutely nothing. I shall be going for conference. She'll be meeting people. When time for work come, let's see, let's say, let me just reach out to this, my contact here, my contact here, where job has come. Me, I'm there looking at her like, I should have gone for that. <laughs> so, networking is key. I have learned that I used to be very anti, when people say, oh, go network, I'll be like, oh, please, 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 I beg you, all this thing. It's a lie, you have learned. And if my eye was shiny when it was supposed to be shiny, I will probably be further ahead than I am today. But everything, you know, works out the way it's supposed to work out. But it, it I say all of that and it's different say, for different people. It's different for different people. But your network can come in handy. It can come in handy. You putting yourself in the in the right environment can come in handy. The way I got my job was through a conference I attended like a year prior to when I got my job. And but I had dropped my CV off at the company because they had like they were sponsored, they had like a boot and all of that. I had just randomly dropped my CV. A year later, I was getting a call because of that CV I dropped. So when you network, Aisha, I'm sorry, I'm going to let you speak now. But when you are networking, it could be through the people you already know. It could be because there's this nice conference that you think you would like to attend that you have decided to go for. Go attend. If there's something, if there's a conference you can attend, go for it. And while you are there, meet people, speak to people, take people's business cards, add people on LinkedIn. There, there was one conference I went to, someone, we added each other on LinkedIn. By the time she was interviewing um, at my company, this my new place when I was there, she started looking at her network. Oh, who do I know that works in this company? My name pops up. She sends me a message. Hey, remember me? We met at this conference. How are you doing? You know, chit chat. And then, hey, um, you know, I've applied to this company. I have an interview coming up. What has been your experience here? What was your experience during your interview process? What are the things I should look out for? Because we're in the same field, right? And after that conversation, she went into an interview feeling more prepared and she got the job. So it's those little things. It doesn't necessarily mean every time you network or you reach out to someone, it's for a job. It could be, I'm interviewing for this. What do you think I should look out for? I am maybe doing, doing, uh, I have reached out to someone on, on Twitter before because this guy does a lot of um, network stuff. I have reached out to this guy because I was having an issue at work and I couldn't figure out the next step. And I reached out to this guy. I didn't give him the details, of course, but I just told him like, oh, this is like what I'm looking at. What do you think the next step in investigation should be because I'm stuck? And he gave me several, several pointers. So that's why you need this network. So that's what I'm going to say. Aisha, so you can go ahead. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I was hyping you up. You were about to say, you were talking about like in your six years, your career. Yeah, I remember. So, guys, in my career, my very short career, and yes, I don't have 20 years experience yet, but in my very short career, I have never gone on job boards like Indeed, for example, to apply for like 20 jobs, for example, hoping somebody will call me back. I've always been, it's either a recruiter directly reached out to, reaches out to me because of how they've seen my LinkedIn profile, the things I've worked on, you know, me volunteering at a conference and helping out or answering somebody's question or, or just like, you know, th- that kind of thing. Or I reach out to a contact to refer me. Now, there is no, like, I, that's just how I've gotten, like, the jobs I've gotten. Like, either, like, you know, somebody refers me or somebody finds me. 
right? And I'm not saying this to be proud. I'm very grateful. I, I know I'm grateful, but I know that a lot of that work that I would have been doing in applying for 50 jobs and just clicking apply, apply. I've already done that in the packaging aspects. Like if you're in tech, you can't, if you want to be in tech, you can't say, you know, not even tech, any career right now, you need to, everybody has a BSc or, you know, a diploma or whatever. Like you need those extra certifications. Like you need to put yourself in the industry. Like you need to reach out to like get mentors, like people who we, who we like, you know, reach out to people to like, Oh, would you mentor me? Like I see where you are. I want to be where you are. And this is what I'm doing right now. Like not like, you know, all the tips that Adrian had given before. Like I had a mentor too as well when I started like my tech, um, journey like now me she mentored me like you know okay do i want to be a data scientist or do i want to be even when i got a new job opportunity i asked i was like do you think this is right for the where i'm where i think i'm going in my next career you know phase or what i want to become like you have to be in i don't know you have to really 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 be intentional about this thing like do you want to be like everybody else that applies to a hundred jobs you know and be frustrated that can be possible and that works for some people i've seen people it works for but it's it doesn't work all the time but i know what really really works a lot of the time is reaching out to your net and it doesn't have to be somebody you know personally it can be somebody that somebody you know personally knows like third person knowing right ask for an introduction like you know be intentional package yourself do do the work do the exams do the, do the work, reading man, be in the industry have, learn it. as much as you can absorb knowledge you you know you may be working as a cleaner or whatever now but you know where you are going to right so start to act like you are already there right now in when the way you put yourself out there the things you learn the things you know let your cv i don't want to talk about cv but let your cv exude all those things that you're working on all those things you're learning and you know what you in short you write when people write their cv they write a statement right that statement isn't what you are currently doing now it sometimes is what you're aspiring to be or what you're working on on trying to be so that be has like worked for me of what you where you are yeah, no, I'm saying the statement, not even like the experience, like when, when you go there. You know that you know, some some C V has like that one paragraph statement that yeah, so that's a bit yeah, about we're saying the same thing. It could be your statement could be your like where you are now in the sense of oh, um currently three years as like a cloud security engineer with Kiniko, Kiniko, Kiniko and maybe aspires to whatever, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It could also be that just depending on how you decide to structure it. So yes, yeah, so referrals is your network. Be intentional, be like intentional. Be very intentional, intentional about your career, don't and don't burn career... bridges. Don't yeah. because if, if you burn bridges in your previous workplace, if you are looking for a referral in the future, right? Like that person wants to reach out to refer, you don't already burned. You have already exactly. burned the bridge. Let right? me tell like, you one thing: I don't, I, I, I try to do, and I actually pride myself on, is to leave a leave a job work. Whether the circumstances when you were working there were great or not, try your, your hardest to leave a job well. You know, put in your notice, do your job to the very last day you're supposed to do. Do your good job. It doesn't matter whether, whether they appreciate you or not. Remind yourself that you're here to do a job. Do your job so that when you leave, you can beat your chest and say, I did my job. And you don't even forget, you know, sometimes it's not just referrals, like for 
for for them to refer you for no, a job. Sometimes when you are, right? when you get a new job, they would ask to speak with your previous employer. To, they, exactly. <laughs> so, so if you start fuck up, <laughs> and they do it, they follow it like it's part of the background yes, check that if you yes. don't pass, you don't get the job, even yeah. though you pass the interview. Yeah. So hmm, shine yeah. your eye, be careful, do your job, have a good, have soft skills, like have a good personality, like where you are personable with your colleagues and your maybe your manager supervisor right and that should extend outside of the workplace if that opportunity arises yes and the other thing i just want to add there is just be intentional about your career and when i say that i mean at the end of the day we spend 80 percent of our day of our days like monday to friday doing this job right we spend more time at this job than we spend, you know, maybe on the weekdays with our family or with our friends or doing whatever personal projects we want to do. So be very intentional if you can. And I'm, I'm saying this in this, in this situation, I'm not talking of if you are very desperate, you just need a job to get by and then you get it. You can get any job. I'm talking about when you are more comfortable and you're looking for a job in your field. Be very intentional. Be intentional about the company you work for. Be intentional about the kind of job you want, what you're looking for from that job. Because understand that you're providing a service. You are getting paid for a service that you provide for the company. So, like I said before, when you're in an interview, also have questions ready for this interviewer about company culture. Ah, about babe, no, no, you're yeah, skipping. Okay, I'm not skipping. there. Okay, yes, okay, okay, yes. Okay. Let's, okay, let's start. Let's start. let's give that. some tips and tricks first on working on your CV since we talked about it like in a way that's a package. So what I've seen worked for a lot of people and what I did actually when I was moving here was um I got a couple of friends or colleagues I know already work in Canada like maybe work in a similar role first. I you know shared my CV on Drive. I shared it with them. I'm like, please give me your feedback, you know. And then I had like two, three people. Adrian, you said you even helped me. Yeah, I, I was just about yeah, to say. I was just about to say. Yeah, because you're already CV. there. You already there. Because I remember I saw the CV and I'm like, wow, well, I, I should even use you, this one you. and even prepare some of my own. No, like I. Let me tell you something. There was a period. Just this quick side note. There was this period when I was looking for a job, right? This brief period I was applying, I wasn't getting any feedback. And then I asked, I reached out to one of my friends. I'm like, can you please send me your CV? I'm trying to prepare my own. I want to see what the problem is. And this babe sends me a CV. This is not Aisha or some another friend. She sent me a CV. And I, I looked at, I combined, I looked at both our CVs and I said, me, Seth, if I was recruiter, I would throw my, once I just see my own coming, I would throw it away. And so and I had there to are software, right? my CV. Yeah, there are softwares for that. So basically, what you all need to do is get human beings, actual human beings who maybe already already work in Canada, or you can pay me, I can consult for you to look at your CV if you want. Yes, but get your friends, you know, get your friends to look at your CV, right? And make your some people have depending on the role you want to apply for. So some people who want to apply for product manager, project manager, and maybe. Maybe, I don't know, a business analyst, for example, would have different CVs that tailor, where the wordings tailor to the specific role. So after you've had friends look at your CV, eh, look at three or four jobs that you want to apply for that fits your skill set, for example, that you're interested in. Go and look at the responsibilities, what they're asking for. Look at all the wordings, look at the technologies. Now, what you would do is now look at your CV and see how can you write your CV so that they notice that you're actually perfect for this job. 
So that sometimes means adapting some of their nomenclature. Because sometimes it's not like you don't have the requirements, but the wording of your CV doesn't look like you have those requirements. So you need to sit down and all of your experiences, like, and, and, and I say this because when you write your CV, don't just write what you did. Oh, I was the bank officer. Oh, I attended to customer. No, 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 no. Write how you impacted in, how you impacted like that, like position that you were in and be very specific to say, um, I helped implement a project, for example, whatever that would be that reduce um, customers or that increase customer satisfaction by 25%. Like people like to see the numbers. Anybody can claim that they did something, but what are the numbers? What numbers do you have to show? It's, and you know, the way it's all about the numbers. For example, you could say something like, I helped in the development of a new um, application that reduced employee um, time wastage by, I don't know, 40%. Or I helped, um, you know, increase customer revenue by 10% or by 10,000 over my, you know, my KPI, for example. Like, you need to be specific. Like, it's not just, oh, I attended customer issue. Oh, I did this, I did that. No, what did, what, what exactly did you do and what impact did it have? Put that in your CV. Tailor it to the job that you're looking for. Make sure that they are aligning. And that's why some people, if they're applying for three different roles, they will have three different CVs. Because you can do one thing, but say it in three different ways. And it will apply for those three different roles. That's one of the most frustrating part of uh, applying for a job is the CV bit. Because your CV would, for most jobs, would have to differ. Especially because of wordings. Companies word things differently. So when, like I just said, when you look at the job description, Use that as the anchor for your for your CV. Build your CV around that, especially when you know you have those experiences. Because it can be, honestly, we can be very lazy and be like, oh, I don't want to do this. I just, I will just use the same CV. And sometimes that works. That could get you an interview. That's great. But most times it doesn't. In fact, someone, someone told me, uh, because of the way my current company is structured and the way promotions are structured, Someone gave me an advice, and I think you can apply this for CV. If you're still working, let's say you're, you haven't gotten to this point yet when you want to look for a job. As you're working, anytime you do something that you feel like, yes, this thing, I went above and beyond, I did this thing, make a note of it somewhere. Make a note of it somewhere. So that that way, when you're now ready to maybe change jobs or you're ready to start looking for something else, you can use those points that you have written down. Use it so that, because sometimes we forget the things we have done, right? Sometimes we're working really fast environment fast-paced environments and we forget but you can also make notes as you just go along and then when you're ready to prepare your cv for maybe a move or whatever you can pull those things and then find a way to structure it to the job description you are applying for and then you know go from there so that's just one thing yeah and honestly speaking like again Different things work for different people. I know people who have been successful with just that one CV because they only applied for what one specific type of job. Because sometimes the job name might be different, but the responsibilities are the same. So, for example, personally, being a systems engineer in one company was the exact same thing as being a solutions architect in another company, right? Like, it's, 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 it's the exact same thing as being a technical solution um engineer or provider in another company so you just that's why you need to look past the job title and you need to dig deep into the roles and responsibilities and i know i know it's not easy i know it's a lot of work but would you rather spend that time doing that work than spending that time applying for 500 jobs and not getting any feedback 
Is it not better to apply for two or three jobs that you really want and use all that time you have spent in 250 jobs writing why do you want this job essays and spend it in making sure that your CV is right? And again, remember that your LinkedIn can be your sort of like your dumped down CV where it's not as detailed as your CV. You don't need to write too much. Like, you know, we can brief and then they have all these options where you can list your certifications, list non-profit, which I think if, let me tell you people here, in Canada, they don't just like when you do your job. They like when you go above and beyond. You need to show that you go above and beyond. Even in Nigeria, what causes did you care about? What philanthropy, not maybe just philanthropy, like what did you volunteer to do? Did you go to motherless baby homes? Did you help fundraising for breast cancer awareness? Like you need to put these things everywhere that you are not just a person doing a job, but there's more to you. There's and more also, to you and they'll get you more. Don't have to, you don't have to go out of your way to do this. Thing. Sometimes the company organizes these things and you just have to volunteer to be part of it. Like for example, in my current company, when you're when you're in, on track for promotion, you know what they look at? They look at your job. What did you do? What did you achieve? They look at feedback from your colleagues on what you've done. Then the next bit is okay. What trainings did you take? Did you have you completed the compulsory trainings that the company requires you to do? If yes, okay, cool. What other trainings slash certifications did you do for your current job to improve your stuff on your current job though. okay cool now moving on what other plus ones my company calls it plus ones what other plus ones did you do my company has so many like um ergs which are like employee resource groups they have so many like organizations what did which of them did you participate in what did you do were you just a bystander because if you, you might have the best job you know um feedback and all of that but you see those plus ones if you don't have any of these plus ones, nobody's going Counts. to rate you. How did you go above and beyond? Yes, what did you do? What outside impact? Eh, your... what did you bring what to the general company? What impact did you create outside of outside. your core job? Thank you, thank you. See, eh? like, oh, I, I just want to do my job and close it. Honestly, <laughs> that would be my dream. That would be my dream to go to work, do the job that they pay me to do, I and go home. <laughs> that is my dream, but that's not how it works. And so you have yeah. to play this game. You have to play the game of participating in this. Right now, I have been on three different panels. Did I ever think one day I'll be on a panel speaking to students or speaking to people or having communication about career and stuff? Absolutely not. Wait till you me, confirm that one. But, <laughs> and if I go over advice, and exactly, and if I you see me advice, say I know but where I'm going to use advice. At the end of the day, you have to do it because it counts. It counts, especially if you're in some of these like really big companies. It counts. But those are the things, like Aisha said, that would write it down. Write it so, down. So, so if you're in Nigeria currently or in a different job trying to transition to another company, all those things that you think is not important, write it down. Everything you do, when you, where, exactly when you do it, what happened when you did it. Make sure you just keep like a a document where you write it down because yeah. when you are building your CV, you all of these it. things can come into play. You would definitely need it. Hey, Adrian, I feel like we just dropped some bombs, man. <laughs> you people are taking notes. <laughs> Even me, I'm tripping for myself. If you don't know me, if I, when I was speaking, you know that I said, well, I'll just go, go come and play the episode again. And, and take notes from And there. take notes because even me, there are some t-shirts in now that, yes, so I should really, I should incorporate that into, into what I'm doing because uh-huh. I have, I have a particular target now that I'm working towards. I'm just like, hmm. This thing, I think I should, I should add. All the awards you win that they say you are the best in country or you win an employee of the week, people write it down. Put it there. Put it there. I'm telling you. Put it there. Put it there. If there was any time 
something happened that you had to jump in to help put it there. Because that would show, that would, something like that would also show that, oh, okay, so when something happens, even though it doesn't directly affect you, you are willing to help because at the end of the day, you are all a team. You are willing to put in efforts to save the team, to help. Um, put all this in there. I know it's in English. I didn't talk, but put it there. It's very, very important. Very important. You cannot overemphasize that enough. I think what most people forget is that, or what most people don't realize is that a lot of these companies, businesses, managers, whatever, they like well-rounded individuals. So, you know, back to the point of you can be very technical but have terrible soft skills, right? You can have good soft skills, be technical and not, you know, you're not, you know, creating any impact in your environment. People appreciate well-rounded individual where you're not the expert in one side or you're not the best in one side, but you have, you have above average, you're good enough and you're well-rounded. Like, you know, if they need somebody to champion an initiative, they can call you. If they need somebody that knows some some stuff, technically, they can call you. If they need somebody to deal with a difficult customer, they can call you. So, like, you don't have to be an ex... You you don't have to know everything or be everything, but people appreciate a well-rounded individual, including companies. They're going to ask you this question. I know for me, they ask me all these questions. Like, yeah, and I think especially when they start asking some of these questions, is depending on the level you're coming in at. Sometimes for entry level stuff, they wouldn't really ask you a lot of this. What else have you done? But if let's say you're coming straight from school, right? Straight from school, you're applying for a job. You don't have any work experience. If there was any, no, part of any, no, wait, your internship you, counts. So you I, add your internship. I know it does. It counts. Your internship counts. But we're talking about like extracurricular. If it counts too. Wait, in Canada, Canada education. Wait, now let me finish. Oh, you yeah, have not made me make. Let me make oh, my yeah, point. Pick your point. Sorry. I'm trying to say that you might be listening now as a student saying, "Oh, uh, you know, but I don't have any experience." You put your internship, like Aisha already stated, you put that there. But you see all those other things you did in school. You were part of this organization. You were part of this thing. You did this thing. You were you in your project at school. You did kiniko kiniko. You were the one who helped the, your your group figure out, put all of those things. Those things count. You might not think it counts, but it does. Put all of those things inside. Yes, um, I organized Kiniko Kiniko for our association when we had this thing. Put it in there. All those things That's a very good point. Put it. Sorry, I was trying to interrupt Mm -hmm. you because that's actually a very important point. Sorry, sorry. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) My people. Hmm. It so, is, it is what it is, man. Those are the things you should put on your CV. Now, the next bit is, is it possible for you to get a job? Let's say you are, um, you are thinking of relocating from Nigeria to Canada. Is it possible to get a job before you get to Canada? It is so. It is. Aisha, this one, I'm going uh, to let you take it because me, you, you people know I came through school. So Aisha, please, uh, the floor is yours. It is. It is. In short, not even personally, right? Like, so for me, before I came to Canada, I what I had was in-person interviews lined up. But now that it's COVID and people are doing like, you know, virtual interviews, there's never been a better time than now to get a job before you land. Should, I know somebody personally who got his COPR but has not gotten his visa because there's been delays. This Bobo has been working in Nigeria, earning in Canadian dollars, spending in Nigerian Naira <laughs> for the past three, four months. And he has been living his best life. Before Uncle. It's not you, Uncle. How did he do it? Or how do people like him do it? You have... Like, you have to... Huh. 
again, we're going back to packaging. You have to put yourself out there. You have to intentionally reach out. And not just reach out to your um your people that could refer you. Reach out, search recruiters in, I don't know, Amazon, in Google. Recruiters, like, after you apply, for example, recruiters. And just reach out, stand out. You know how HRO does give tips on how to code, code email or code message somebody. Do this as much as possible. Seek out mentors like that you think they won't be invested in your progress and won't even refer you for their role. Reach out to your contact and start to set up those interviews, those interviews while you're in Nigeria before you even land. I know somebody who signed his offer letter on his way to the airport to land in Canada. Those that all that interview process happened in Nigeria and then he accepted the offer. And by the time he landed, he already had a job. It was just for him to settle down, find a place. In short, it was even Airbnb started the job for himself at this point. You get so like <laughs> you never even you never even find a place. And I know like you never even get bank account. Like and for people who are not have not landed yet, but they have their COPR, which is like confirmation of permanent residence. What I think the company has a way where they can pay you as like, you know, a consultant, pending when you land, because you don't have like your scene. Right, so there's a way they. It's just nothing is impossible. I'm telling you. Even when they say, "Oh, this might be a roadblock," no, I didn't think about that. If they want scene. you, they will find they will find a way to hire you as an international consultant, and so that when you come, you become you know permanent full time in Canada, ending in Canada, right? I know people who who get that, so don't be don't be scared though. Don't be don't think it's impossible. It is possible, and people are doing it. Granted, the people I know who are successful and doing things this way are people in tech. I don't have any like exposure into like other domains. Um, and maybe that's a privileged place as well, privileged place as well. But yeah, that that is possible. I think the other thing I would add on that note is, for example, if you know, like I have a friend who is um, um working on her papers to relocate. What she did in her field, right? She works in Nigeria. She discovered that there is a there's a certification she can take, right? When she wanted to take this education, she discovered that there are two, there are two, these certifications, like there are two types, kind of. One is the one that you are certified only in Nigeria. The other one, she discovered that if she takes that one, with that certification, she can work within that her role. It's an international certification. She can work in Canada and US. They are both approved for that particular certification. Which one do you think she did? Because she's already planning to leave, you have to start planning. Okay. I'm not in tech, right? Um, personal work. Let me, let me rephrase that. Aisha and I work in tech, right? So we don't know all the tips and tricks for other domains. But what you can do is what look, first of all, you can look at job roles, right? Look at job roles in Canada. What are the skill sets required? Is there anything there that you lack? If there is, the first step is to rectify that. Go study, mm. go go get up to date with that skill. The second thing is, is there an internationally a certification that is internationally recognized that you can take that can boost you? So you already do this role, right? Is there an international certification, for example, that is recognized in Canada for that your role? If there is, then you should start working on. And I know that some of, a lot of these things involve a lot of money, but if you can. If you're planning to relocate, then you should start looking at those things. How can I get this certification? What are the steps? Do I have to go to a training school? Is this something I can study on my own? How much is the exam? Those are the kind of things you start thinking about so that when all of that is said and done and you know, you're, you are like 80% into your application, 
you can decide, okay, or you have received your CPOR, your request for passport. You can now say, okay, let me start applying for jobs. Then you can tailor your CV. Your CV, you put, I have this international certification. I have done that role for so and so amount of years. These are the things I've achieved. So that when these recruiters are looking at your CV, they're like, oh, this person who has this international certification. So this person knows their stuff, right? Because unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of Western companies don't recognize so a lot of our like university degrees. If you don't have like a master's in um, maybe you do not do masters in UK or you do not do masters somewhere like in Europe or in, in the in North America or you don't have any international certification, even if you have the experience, honestly, most times they will skip your CV and pass. It's not all the time though, but most times. Is it right? No. Do they do it? Yes. They're yeah. coming to their land, they get to choose whatever they want to do. And there are plenty immigrants, right? There are, pl- coming with- there are plenty. So you, so have, you have to, to make yourself stand out. Oh, God. You, you have, have to, to make stand yourself out. stand out. So immigrants when you know, are so plenty here. Thing, go and look for, okay, you don't want to come here now and do masters. Let's say you don't, you are not able to like travel and go and do masters and then apply for PR because you're paying international school fees. That's all well and good. Do your masters in Nigeria if you can or if you've already done it. But ultimately, look, is there an international certification I can take? You might think that is just which kind or of maybe a Canadian specific certification. Yeah, when I mean international, honestly, I mean like Canadian specific. <laughs> That's what I mean by international. It's the one that can be recognized in the country you are moving to. Yes. That that country they recognize that certification. Go and take it. Invest in that. You know why? Because you're investing in your future. I, I was talking to someone um who just recently came. She's only been in Canada maybe a month and like two weeks, right? And I was asking her why she decided to come through school and not through PR. She's like, for the for her job role, right? She knows that the industry standards here are different from Nigeria. So she knows that coming here and just doing, just coming here direct and looking for a job is not going to work for her particular field. It's not going to work. She's like, it's not going to work. I know that. I'm not stupid. So what she did is she decided to come and come and school first. She said, because all the standards, all the certifications is specific to Canada. It's not even the one you can do while you're outside. So she came through school first. So after school now, she'll have all the certifications. She can easily get a job. No problems there. So you look at your field. What is that thing? Is there a certification that the country you want to go to recognizes that will give you an additional boost with your experience, with your university degree that will just, you know, Seal that package that, okay, yes, so this person has all of this experience and also this person has the certification that this country will recognize that, yes, you have to have this certification in this field. Then go and do it. It's not even about, mm, I'll go and try my luck. Don't play. If you are relocating, you have already invested. You have already invested a lot of money. You have invested time. You have invested. You are leaving everything you know. Might as well do it well. Might as well go the extra mile and do it. So that's my advice. So. All I'm thinking is that this is a deep dive. This is not just surface how to get a job. You guys, you see how we're taking our time and attacking every aspect of this process of finding a job, right? And getting the job too. Hmm. Oh, but we should have made this a course and so. <laughs> I mean, we should tell it. We should tell it as a course on Udemy. You know, you can eh? actually sit there and record this course and sell it. Because... Yeah, I'm telling you. You. We can make some oh, money. You can get it for free. Information will be for free. Hey, okay. Nothing is free. 
Meanwhile, flex, I will tell you to yeah. subscribe, uh, to, to pay. Uh, okay. This is the kind of episode that is supposed to be released on Patreon only. Patreon only. Thank you. <laughs> so Thank that you. You people, at least we will receive kidney for our hard work. But anyways, we are doing the Lord's work. Doing the Lord's work. Oh. So hmm. I hope this helps. So the next step now. So now you know you can. It's possible for you to get a job before you leave Nigeria. You also You've know, applied. You have searched for the jobs. You have worked on your CV. You have applied. Now you have been called for interview. How do you prepare? The first thing I want to say here before I leave to Aisha, I just want to say because this is the me and interviews, this is the past that me, I used to get offended. You see that question, that first question they always ask, okay, so tell me about yourself. You see that question? I hate it. Absolutely hate it. Because when I was new to this interview process, I did not know anything. Me, I'm not ashamed to say when I don't know something. I did not know it. When they said, tell me about yourself, I thought they were asking about my life. <laughs> you can laugh now. And I now I know how hey, stupid hey, that sounds. But hey. in that moment, I thought they were asking about my life. So me, I said, ah, okay. You want to know where I grew up? Because I don't understand to tell me about yourself. <laughs> and tell me about the number of siblings this I have. Embarrassing. <laughs> well, you don't know what you don't know, right? I know, I know. Uh-huh. So I know. So I just want to say this part. When they say, tell me about yourself, they are not really asking to know about your life. What they want, what they want you to say. Tell me about yourself. You, you start by, okay, you know, I graduated with a degree in this course. I have worked here. I have done this. I have done this. In relation to the job, oh, they are not asking about whether your father has two wives or three wives. They are not asking whether <laughs> you, whether you like plant, fried plant, or don't like plant. When they say where your what is your weakness, they are not asking you whether it's uh, if you see Gizolo, you cannot, you cannot be. That's not it, though. When they are asking your strength, they are not asking if you can go where you go to the gym, if you can lift two hundred and fifty pounds. That's not what they are asking. Everything oh, is relation. So when you are thinking about this interview, tunnel vision on the job. Don't be thinking anything. Anything you are answering has to be in relation to your skill set and your experience. You can even add your education on top. That is all they're asking you. Anything that is outside of these three things I said, if it comes to your mind, drop it. Don't, don't just make sure it doesn't come out of your mouth. Aisha, you'll be laughing. But there are some people on this that are listening. I, I have bet to you did myself not know to that. laugh the way I wanted to laugh. That gives the party off me. I'm telling you, because me, I've been there. I know there was a time I did not understand what these things meant. It has taken a lot of research, a lot of YouTube videos of interview answer and question before I finally understood, oh, that's not what they're asking. I kept my embarrassment. Remember, to you don't go the interview. Before, of course, no callback now. I but we make this mistake so that you people don't it. have to make these same mistakes that we've made. Yes, and you, you learn. You learn from experience. So, yeah. because I know we are laughing about this and it sounds crazy and it sounds stupid, but there might be someone listening that did not know this. And also, if you are listening and you do not know that, if they ask you, tell me about yourself, it's not about your personal life, don't feel ashamed. There's nothing to be ashamed of. What you don't know, you don't know. Now you know and you move forward. So that's the part I wanted to say because me, I know I've personally been affected by that. Say, tell me about yourself before. So I wanted to say that. Aisha, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I think like, okay, let's start with how to answer questions, right? So if you haven't heard before, there's something called, um, the star format. So think of star format as a way to, um, tell a story 
that answers the the interviewer's questions, but it's telling the story in a specific way. So it's saying you are telling the S stands for situation, T stands for task, A for action, R for result. So you want to tell people the situation. So if somebody asks you, oh, tell me about a time um when you um helped i don't know help the customer solve a problem for example you have to tell the story of what you did in a staff format so the situation so you set some ground um level you say oh this customer had a challenge with a a router or the the application was failing or users were not able to access the application right and then you now say what the task is which is the next one so we were tasked or we had um, we're told to, you know, get to the bottom of the, of the problem, of the outage, so that it doesn't occur again. So you say the task, right? Then the next thing is the action. Oh, to first of all, you know, what, what exactly did you do to start to solve that problem or start to address that task? Oh, I went and looked at some of the logs, the server access logs. I also looked at the application logs. I also went through, went to this and that to check some of the this, check all of that. Those, that's action. Not the action of your team or what people are interested in what you, you what did, did. Not you just take do? team glory. What specifically did you do in that situation? And then when you say what you did, then you, the result, which is the last one. Results could say, okay, we noticed what the outage was. We fixed the bug. And now, you know, that out- outage never occurred again. Or, you know, the, um, customer, I mean, the asset failure rate or the failure rate reduced by 10% by virtue of what I did. So it's, you have to be very specific. Also, I've been, sorry, oh, actually, just to add to that point that you just said now, the other thing to, to look out for in that part is you can even just icing on the cake after you have said, this is what I did. This was the situation. Guess what? I documented the process in case this happens again in the future. Because you see that documentation, especially in tech, but I'm sure this this applies in other fields as well. When you say you can document something, ah, it's over. Everybody everybody just starts falling in love. They just start saying Cupid's bow because that is the major problem with everybody in tech. We must have documented. Sure. So if you can add that, that's also icing on the cake. Right? This is tip for free. I'm telling you. And sometimes documentation doesn't mean you're doing a professional document. No, you're just you writing know, installation this is guide. What happened, though. Chemical yes, this is what not, situation. This is the step situation to fix report. It. That's it. Exactly. You are giving a situation report. This was the situation that happened. This was what was done. This was what we did. This was what the team did, and this was the solution. In case because what you are me. doing, you are documenting so that if it happens again, you are reducing the time to resolution. Yes, and if it happens again and you are not there, and the people on that team have changed, someone can go pull up this thing and know what to do. You have cut down that investigation troubleshooting time by more than 50%. Now, that is something you can add on your CV that you did, and this thing you did oh! would reduce the time for response to similar situations but more than 50 percent that is starts right there full circle full so yeah see how we're going full circle see like your cv your interview everything full circle it's, it's all about you you are the center you know mm-hmm. hey adria for president she just passed the most <laughs> <laughs> hmm. mm-hmm. so the other thing that i see because i've been in some interviews and oh my gosh like Somebody asks you a question and the answer is straightforward. But you decide that you want to give a monologue about yourself and you end up like, see, if you cannot give in an answer succinctly in two minutes or less or at most three minutes, say you're dragging it and, you know, the answer requires you to go deep dive. Eh? 
if you cannot, you have you have lost you have lost the interview because our attention span on a normal day is not even up to thirty seconds. So if somebody is asking you and making sure that intentionally tries to listen to you so that they can gather data, but you you are just going in tandem in, about story. Meanwhile, the answer to this question is like four, three, three sentences maximum. You have lost the interviewer. Because guess what? If they need additional info after you have given your answer, they will ask you. So don't feel like you have to go on a tandem about what they ask and what they did not ask you so that you can drive your points home. No, because they will ask you because most time interviewers are trained to dive deep when you give. Exactly. exactly. Which is also also another and leaning to say... Oh, sorry. Sorry, ahead. I just wanted to add. You see this thing I shared just said? Apply it to that cold email that I talked about before when you're cold emailing someone. Don't go straight to the point. Don't be telling the person about how you have suffered in life, how you know for three years you have been trying to switch your career to this thing because that's where you're interested. Honestly, nobody cares. Why? Because when the person is reading that, all the person is thinking is, how does this concern me? Straight to the point. Time is invaluable, guys. So if you have if you have one hour to make an inter- an impression in an interview, make sure you're maximizing it to the full fullest. And one other tip I had forgotten to give earlier on is before your interview, when you're preparing for your interview, fine. Yes, if it's if it's a technology role, right? You want to make sure that you're you know you know your stuff, like you're you know preparing technically. But don't forget the other side. You want to know what the company values are. So this is a size, you know going to research, you know, similar questions that we're asking that by that company with similar interviews. You want to know who the company is and their value system because guess what? When they interview you, they're not just interviewing you for your know-how. They're interviewing you if you are going to be a good teammate or some people will say cultural fit because but most people don't like that idea of cultural fit. But they're basically interviewing you to see if you are you you will be good for the team, if you're able to complement the team, if you're able to bring or add value to the team, not just by technology, but by virtue of like all the other skills attached to it. So if you know, for example, at Amazon, there's something called leadership principles, like you know, we eat, live, breathe by these leadership principles. You need to know what the value system or leadership principles are in your in the company you're interviewing at, so that when you're even giving your answers. You are going to be sleeping in their value system. Some of the yes. words they use in their value system. So if their value system is, you know, to be an inclusive and diverse company, you can, when you give, that's one question, and you're going to give one answer about what you have done. You can just say how this, how this will improve the diversity in your team because you're able to, you know, add different just They could just nod their heads. They could just nod their heads. They are not speaking their language. Yes, that is it. You are speaking their language. You guys, you guys, you guys feeling me? Are you guys getting where I'm coming from? So yes, that is like super important. You know, straight to the point. One other thing that people don't understand is please be honest. Don't lie. Like, even even if you need to extend a truth, like you can say, okay, this is the truth, but you're extending it more than you should. Do it with caution. They're not expecting you to know everything. They just want to know that you have this learn and be curious um, personality where even if you don't know something you actually take initiative to go and learn about it right because there's honestly nothing we can't learn like we we underestimate how much information we can soak like how much we our brain can absorb and learn new things right I agree. and so you know just don't hold yourself back don't hold yourself back if there's something you don't know say you don't know it but also when you say oh i don't know that also follow it up with i'm willing to learn I'm willing to learn. You can say, oh, I know of this thing. I know what it does. I just don't have the technical know-how to use it. 
but I am very open to learning because this is something that has interested me, yada, yada, however you want to phrase it. But don't lie and say, yes, I can use it and then not being able to use it. If you want to lie, you need to make sure that within the time from that interview to when you get hired, you have gone to learn that thing. So that by the time you are resuming, it's no longer a lie. Get what I mean? Yes, yeah, some people do that too. Like some people do that. Yeah. So that's the other thing. There, there are some people that would lie that I can do that thing. They don't know how to do it, but then they would spend every waking moment for the next couple of months to learn that thing, or for the next couple of weeks to learn that thing before they start the job, so that when they start it, they are starting with all of this fresh knowledge. Yeah, you're not starting from ground zero. At least you are starting from like thirty or forty. So that's that. So remember, use the star approach for your interview. Situation, tax, action, and results. Get straight to the point. Don't go around babbling, babbling, babbling. Don't be there explaining tax and say that's how your your colleague did not do this thing. That's how they not they not see for all the story. Situation, tax, action, result. Star. The star. And don't approach. ever badmouth your previous employer, hey! no matter how bad you had it to. Just say it was not a good fit. Like, you know, you wanted to pursue. When they ask you, why are you leaving your current job? Just say you want to pursue more career options or, you know, you you feel like you have more passion in this area. That's why you're applying for this role. Don't want to say, because they do not pay me well. No, don't do Ah, that. No. You Hmm. say, you you just felt like you had come to the point where you, um, you and the company were no longer maybe in alignment or it was no longer the right fit for you. So you're looking to further grow your career, expand your life. That's what you say. You want to learn more. You want to advance. That's what. That's the kind of answer. That's you the give answer. You should, if Even I, though deep down, you guys all about the money. The way we said it now, go and write it down somewhere. <laughs> Just cram it and go and say it like that. Even though you left because they did not pay you. Even though you left because they were doing anyhow. This company does it because if you bowed mount, what happens is if you bowed mount your previous employer to them, they would not hire you because they know that when you leave, you would also bad mouth them. To your next employer, nobody wants that. No one wants to say uh, a tattoo tail or what, whatever it's called. Nobody wants that. Then ask questions. Ask questions about the company. Like I said before, about the company culture. Ask questions. Go When you're preparing for that interview, go with questions for the recruiter. You might even take notes during the interview based on something they have said. Because sometimes during an interview, before you start, um, after that, they will be like, okay, um, before we start, I'm just going to introduce myself, tell you a little bit about the company. Some, some, uh, recruiters do that. Or maybe if it's like the Fed, if you have passed the recruiter state, sometimes they do that. Oh, I'll tell you a little bit about the company, tell you about my role, tell you about myself before we jump in. If they say something there that you need more explanation of making notes so that when they now ask you at the end of the interview, do you have any questions for me? Yes, I have five. Calm down. Number one. Kiniko, kiniko, kiniko. They appreciate it. They appreciate it because one, they know you were actively listening. Two, they know you have done your research on the company. They know you are not just there because it's the thing to do. You are looking for another job. They want someone who is going to engage. They like that. So let's talk about the popular Canadian work experience. I, I know a lot of people who... Is it a fact or is it a myth? So I know a lot of people who um come here and then the reason why maybe they don't get like their cv picked up or anything like that is because they, they they're told that they don't have relevant canadian work experience so it's almost like they do they haven't worked in canada before so and my and and with that thing i do not like at all because especially if you're in tech a switch is a switch whether it's whether it's in nigeria 
or not cloud is the cloud like an ec2 instance an ec2 instance whether i'm in i'm in south african region or whether i'm in canada central region that doesn't make any sense to me in tech it might apply to other roles quite all right maybe sales maybe i don't know maybe something else like maybe the banking sector is different or the access system is different so you need the relevant canadian work experience right to do that what i don't like is when it's not when it's not really relevant to that um body of work or that work not body of work to that work and then some people get booted out because they don't have Canadian work experience. So, because guess what? There are lots and lots of immigrants coming into the country, right? Like, if you don't give them a chance, who will, when, where would they not even have this Canadian work experience? If they're telling you that I've done something similar where I'm coming from, in short, I was even the director of a bank or I don't know, a branch manager and I've done this. And then you don't think I have relevant Canadian work experience. But if you can see that I've had successes before, do you not think I can replicate those successes again with you? So they asked, I think, I, I think it's a fact. I don't think it's a myth. I think people face discrimination a bit based on that. It's not all the time, but it happens. Oh, of course, it, do, it does happen, to be fair. It does happen. Um, there is discrimination there, um, which is why um, I was insisting earlier on if you know there's a certification. And I feel like in the tech space, maybe this would only happen like maybe two out of ten times, honestly, right now. Just because in the tech space, you can, do, whether you do the certification in US or in the Netherlands or in Nigeria, is the same certification. It applies, right? So I think that is not um, as heavy in the tech space as it would be, it might be in other spaces, which is why I'm, I was insisting earlier that if, if you know of an international certification that you can take, that is recognized by the country you're going to, I think you should take it. Because, the, yes, they would say you don't have Canadian experience, but you can say, yes, but I do have this. And then also depending, and also what I've noticed too, is if you do get to the interview stage, that's where, where you really get to sell yourself. Most of the time, I think where this discrimination can play a factor is you might not get to the interview stage. Right? That's true. Your CV might be filtered out, which is why sometimes you see people putting English names on their CV because they think that, you know, with English names, you get a better chance of getting called or whatever but i still ultimately believe that it's how you structure your cv is there discrimination yes there is but how you position how you still position and package yourself i believe that you would still get called and then you get the chance to really sell yourself and your skill set during the interview so while there is discrimination, there's discrimination everywhere. Even in Nigeria, Imam Madu happens every It's like you do the man who no it man. Happens, you, it's, it's who you know, nepotism. It happens a lot. It's, oh, you got this job because your father knows this person that knows this person that knows this person. Happens in Nigeria. Here they will say, eh, you don't have Canadian experience. Discrimination happens in different types, in different kind of ways in different countries. It is there. Especially but, when you're looking for a job. Especially when you're looking for a job. But package yourself network right maybe do your get, part do your part at least if you do your part you can say i did my part right and and one last thing when you're interviewing you they're not just interviewing you they're also interviewing the company and seeing whether it's a place you think you'll be able to or like to work in because you honestly don't want to get into a toxic work situation so if you're in an interview and you're getting that vibes of you're being discriminated against based off of i don't know whatever right that's yeah. your cue to be like okay maybe Maybe, Maybe this, this company the, values is not, not the right fit. For it's me. not the right fit for you. Yeah, yeah. So, congratulations! You are taking all of our advice. You have learned. You have packaged yourself. You have you aced the interview, and now 
they've you found not just a job you have multiple offers from different companies because you are hot cake because you are the hot cake that you are yes i'm telling you that you are a hot cake and all the employers know how much of a asset you will be and that's why they want to give you an offer and they've given you multiple offers what do you look out for Adriel? one of the first things so well not all companies do this so this is what i would say the first thing is rssp your rssp is uh, your retired uh retired something service plan i don't know what the other r stands for (laughs) (laughs) registered retirement registered retired retirement savings plan yeah something along those lines that is where so this plan is for your retirement like it says but also what it can also help you with is if you're a first time home buyer in canada you can pull your money this is the only time you're allowed to take money from this account when you're not retired you can pull money from this account pull the money from this account and use it as your down payment on your house as the first time home buyer now there are some companies that would match whatever you are putting into your RRSS. So for example, say each paycheck, I decide I want to put $200 in my RSSP, right? So there are some companies that will match a certain percentage of what you put in, right? Some will match 100%, some might match whatever percentage they're going to match. What I sometimes do is, Whatever the company is going to match, that's the amount I put so that it will be matching. It will be like it's matching 100%. You get what I mean? Does that make sense? That makes sense to me, mm-hmm. yeah. So you can put in more. You can put that in more. Taxes, it, yes. It reduces yes. your tax bracket and, and you get taxless. Yes, exactly. But match some companies match that. And it's always great when... if So in this case, where this would apply is if you're getting multiple offers. Yes, yeah, so and you can you choose and one is offering towards the one that is going to match your RSSP. That means if you put a hundred dollars per paycheck, per paycheck cycle, that would be two hundred dollars. Like if they are matching a hundred percent, right? So if you put hundred dollars, they'll match you hundred dollars. That's two hundred dollars. You get what I mean? Yeah. So you right. want collect free money now. Collect free money. Know, if you have a, if if you have multiple offers and the company is going to match, take it. If you have a company that's not going to match anything and it's the only offer you have. I would say use on your own set up an RSSP account. Eventually, you would move on to a company that will possibly match that. Right? But at least you have something there. You should also still have something there. So that's the first thing I say do. Set up your RRSP. It is Registered Retirement Savings Plan. Yes, we're a good Canadian city. You know what it stands for. Then the other thing, and this is one that holds my heart, health benefits. You say health benefits. I just wanted to say it's a second test. So this would include dental. It could include your prescription drugs. It would include uh, professional services like massage, psychotherapy. Some would include therapy. Some would include like acupuncture. Some will include just different things. You people. Hmm. When I started working, like when I got my first job in Canada, right? So I had this health insurance from the company. And I remember then I used to go want to do um, massages. 
and then I will go and do massage and I'll pay with my money. And that was because there wasn't any clear guidance. Like nobody told me that, oh, okay, ah, this thing, somebody you can't, you, the company will cover it up to 90% or stuff like that. Or dental, like I didn't even go and get new glasses or I'll buy glasses and I'll use my money. My, in my mind, my health benefits was to cover my prescription drugs, like maybe 90% of it. Um, so basically I've learned it hard way and now I'm the one maximizing it. So acupuncture, I go go. Natural pass doctor, you go see me there. Uh, anything, dentist or everything, I will go and do skin and polishing and then, you, you know, when you go to dentist, they want to give you all these extra things that you can do. So basically your health benefits are like super important. Like it's even more important when you are doing like some sort of like physically enabling job where you have to walk a lot, you know, or you have to carry heavy stuff. Like you're going to need those acupunctures. You're going to need those massages. You're going to need those physiotherapies. Like, and if your uh, company can cover 90% of that up to a maximum, why not? If not, right? Why not? So it's very, very important. Like, and don't sleep on the bicycle. Like, use your health insurance. It's already dead. I already pay for it. So use it. Don't be saying, I don't need massage. From your, I don't need this. Pain. So might as well. And they're taking it out. Yeah, exactly. Use it. People, so use it. You, Maximize you, it. And the best way to know what you get is once you get your employment, right? And you're told, okay, you get benefits. Say you're told during the when they give you an offer that you get benefits they usually don't tell you like especially like health you get health benefits they usually don't give you the breakdown when you get your offer so when you start the job you could reach out to hr if your company is not one of the ones that will do like orientation and send out all this material you can reach out and say okay is that is it possible for me to get a, a breakdown of what my health benefit covers and at what percentage that way you know so that you know how to utilize it use it though that's it then i would say the other thing to look out for mm, 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 mm. and this one i actually had to add this one to my prayer journal when i was looking for this my current job i added a lot of things to that prayer journal Aisha. it's stock options if you work if you're working with like a big company a company that has um that has gone public in the sense of public to trade they have stock options most of these companies would offer their employees a certain um like a certain discount to buy stocks for the company so like let's say your company stocks is 300 usd per per stock right your company could give you like a 15 or 10 percent off or 20 percent off to buy stocks if your company is giving you stock options use it it might take a Put the percentage you want to go so that they take it from your paycheck. Your paycheck, like at the end of the day, by the time they take RSSP, take your stock, whatever, your paycheck might not look as grand as you want it to look. But trust me, when the time comes that you decide to cash in or trade in your stocks and get your cash, you'll be very grateful. <laughs> you'll be very grateful. Think about it as the company helping you save money. Also, the other thing I want to talk about, since we're talking about congratulations, you found a job. It's okay to negotiate though. In fact, always negotiate. Don't accept the first offer. Hmm. Have Counter a offer. offer. So before you go into the interview process, or maybe while you're waiting for feedback, you can go Google what that job role on average, what people in that job role on average earn what maybe people in that company and i know sites like glassdoor sometimes they would list like um salary ranges there get an idea of what the range is and then have a 
baseline for yourself based on your skills based on everything have a baseline so that if they come anything sometimes i'll ask you what are you looking to offer if they are asking for that you might want to give a range so when it comes to negotiating there's nothing is set in stone you can do it however you want to do it you could give a range you could say i'm looking for something between maybe 90 to 120 but make sure that even that 90 is at a higher level than because most times if you give a range they want to go for your they want to go for your lowest band right so make sure that even, even if you're if, saying 90 even that if you higher give than, a range babe, that one i did now like there's one you can it's do true. you can also always you can, go back to negotiate wait no not that like so if in the beginning because that initial like recruiter because they're not really talking to the hiring manager yet the recruiter and they ask you give a like i don't know hypothetical range sometimes even lowball yourself but guess what when the offer comes in that means they've gone through the process and they want to then you counter the offer and say what you right, really really right want. here i'm not even talking about like really what i'm i'm just saying that sometimes they can ask you for that during the interview but ultimately what i'm talking about is negotiating when you get the offer you get like you mm-hmm. like you just said it's when you get the offer gong gong say they say ah this is what we're paying say, <clears throat> excuse me um based on my research and my skill set and everything i was hoping to and the get location yeah to get this figure could you take that back to management and you know let them know that this is what I would like to get paid. You know, <laughs> I would really love to work but, for this company. You know, sometimes as well, it's not just some people, the total compensation is not just the base salary. Oh, of course not. It's yeah. also, um, you know, they might give you a welcome bonus and then they might mm-hmm. also give you stocks. So not like there's actually stock options that you buy, but they'll just give, give you, stocks, you stocks like yes. for joining like company stocks. Yes. Now, the thing about that is it can get confusing because anyway look out for yourself in the sense that if you know that your base because that compensation um that's welcome bonus will not always be there sometimes they give it in the first year and first two years it will not always be there if you know that you cannot live on your base as is right and that you know bonus at some point you get there stock options you know is also for a limited time or and you know you can redeem it for a limited time if you know you can't survive on your base please tell them you know to increase you should tell them you don't mind them shifting the stocks money to the base money because your base is what you're going to get no matter what look, so your base look, when I'm, so just I'm don't get don't forget that base basically. is the one that's important because whether whatever else they add to it the cocoa is can you survive on that base can you have the lifestyle you want to have on that base does that base match what you think you should be earning Right. And don't forget also that even if you if, if you want to even buy a house, for example, or buy whatever, they look at your base. They don't look at any yes. extras. You cannot go there and tell them that. Store. Oh, you know, my base is 60K. But, but, but guess what? Guess what? Guess what? My commission on. is coming and it's coming. No, at this, not nah. even that. My base is 60K. But they give me stock options. Your realtor will be looking at you or your bank will be looking at you like, how does that concern me? <laughs> it's not though. Hmm. Like, yes, great, great, good for you. But what is your base? That's what What's they need. What is your mean. base? That's what because they, they know for. that whatever mortgage you'll be paying, say you're trying to buy a house, is coming out of your base. So can you to qualify it? you? Yeah. So it's very important. So don't be afraid to negotiate. 
never be afraid to negotiate because if you negotiate they could always come back and say oh sorry we cannot give you more than that and then you can decide if you want to accept it or not but what if what if they come back and they give you that 10k more 20k more you're asking for they will oh hey people sometimes they do they actually do give you more sometimes, sometimes they, they, they don't sometimes they don't exactly but try it's better but to try it, and not get exactly it than to and then try. you could have tried and got some money. Do you get? Exactly. Hey, you don't like money. I like money. <laughs> <laughs> I like it's, extra money. <laughs> it's better to try. And then um, some other companies, some companies sometimes they will give you benefits like, oh, they would pay for your commute. So maybe if you're taking the metro, they'll pay for your metro pass. There's an amount that is budgeted for you every month. Or some will give you like maybe member gym membership or lunch vouchers or stuff like that. So, you know, you just look at what the benefits are. Not all companies have great benefits depending on the size of the company. Some have uh, better benefits than others. But just in general, these are the things to look out for when your final offer comes in. And I think that's it. I think we covered everything. Aisha, what do you think? I think so too. I think so too. I hope I think that we, we did justice. This was a deep dive, you people. It was. It was actually. I hope we have been able to help you answer some questions and we've been able to help like put your mind at ease and let you know what you should prepare for when relocating when trying to look for a job in canada and all of that jazz so on that note i think we are good to close out this episode so um on that note guys thank you you can find us on all social media platforms at rogue on learning you can send us an email at contact at roguonlearning.com. So that is contact at roguonlearning.com for a, if you have any questions or anything you'd like um, us to answer or any issues you have. Yeah. So on that leave note... Leave us feedback. Oh, yes, leave us, us Apple feedback. reviews on Review. Apple Podcasts. Engage with our content when you see it on social media. Let us know. Let, Let us, us know, know your you thoughts think. on the episode. Send us some love. And all of that. So, yeah, that's it. So, on that note, guys, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.